a very sad day for America. Former President Trump's day in court, what this means moving forward, and where he currently stands in the polls. We did it. We wish we didn't. We tied the consecutive number of triple-digit days with 2011 at 27. We'll show you how many more we add to this in first warning weather. And another politician in court suspended Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. Why it took some years for him to make an appearance for these criminal charges. You can't beat him, you persecute him or you prosecute him. We can't let this happen. Former President Donald Trump speaking to reporters after his court appearance in Washington, D.C. today. He says his indictment is, quote, persecution of a political opponent. Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Mike Rush. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. Our big story today, former President Donald Trump appeared in a D.C. federal courtroom today facing four charges in connection with alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election. NBC's Alice Barr breaks down what this could mean for the election. Former President Trump today appearing before a federal judge facing four new felony counts, accusing former President Trump of conspiring to overturn an election he had lost and defraud the government he once led. This is a day that we have never seen before in American history. Before leaving his Bedminster Club in New Jersey, Mr. Trump taking his case to the court of public opinion, slamming the investigation as politically motivated and pointing to his growing popularity despite his legal troubles, writing, quote, I need one more indictment to ensure my election. The Trump legal team forming a free speech defense. This is the first time that the First Amendment has been criminalized. The indictment spells out that former President Trump had a right to speak and even to lie about the election results. But the charges are centered on his alleged actions leading up to the deadly January 6th Capitol attack, including a scheme involving fake electors. Outside the courthouse today, tempers flaring and opinions clashing. I hope that truth will prevail. Um, I hope that he will be held accountable. Uh, for his actions. We're not unfair in America. We play fair. This is not playing fair. He's a front runner for the president of the United States. A trial date will be critical as the former president's mounting legal troubles are on a collision course with the 2024 presidential campaign. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. Former President Trump is now on track to face at least three trials in three separate locations in the coming election year. We are still awaiting word on the next potential Trump indictment regarding alleged efforts to overturn the 2020 election results in Georgia. For some context, a New York Times and Siena College poll says 54% of GOP voters would vote for Trump if the election for the GOP presidential nominee were held today. Well, this morning, suspended Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton faced a judge in criminal court marking long-awaited momentum on an eight-year-old securities fraud case. And our Capitol correspondent Monica Madden was in court and tells us where this case goes from here. Paxton came to this Harris County courthouse Thursday morning related to felony charges he faces. It stems from a securities fraud case where he is accused of defrauding investors in a McKinney-based tech startup. A grand jury indicted him in 2015. But for years, this case has been delayed for a variety of reasons. Changes in venue, issue overpay with prosecutors, and even natural disasters. But Thursday morning, the case finally started moving forward. Eight years of delays and nine minutes in court. Suspended Attorney General Ken Paxton facing a judge for the first time in years as a defendant. 
He did not speak and the judge made no major decisions Thursday. The wheels of justice have seemed to move at a glacial pace. Prosecutors describing the brief hearing as a rebirth of the case. At some point, it has to come to an end as all criminal litigation does. I think today was the first step in a journey of a thousand miles to make sure that justice ultimately comes to be. Both parties' next moves, however, could all hinge on the outcome of Paxton's September impeachment trial in the Senate. The consensus was we figure out what happens uh, at the impeachment trial and we go from there. Paxton's defense team also revealing the FBI is actively interviewing witnesses for an investigation into other corruption allegations against Paxton, another complicating factor in the ongoing case. Do you expect to try to settle this case or? It's too early to tell, but logically, if he's impeached in the Senate, he would have greater motivation to resolve this case on whatever basis because his political career, one would think, would be dead. While prosecutors and defense spoke with reporters after the hearing, Paxton avoided the press by going into and out of the court through a private entrance flanked by DPS officials. And that was our Monica Madden reporting. The judge set a date in October to rule on pretrial motions and to possibly set a trial. Going in depth, the trial for the case of real estate developer Nate Paul has also been pushed back. Paul is the man linked to accusations against Ken Paxton. A federal judge pushed the trial date to July 29th, 2024 to provide sufficient time to prepare and analyze records. Paul is charged with eight counts of making false statements and reports to lenders to obtain more than $172 million in loans for his businesses in 2017 and 2018. When Paul needed help, investigators for the Texas House General Investigating Committee say he got it from Paxton. The 20 articles of impeachment against Paxton include several on assistance that he allegedly provided to Paul. That includes giving Paul legal assistance who employed a mistress of Paxton's and provided renovations to Paxton's Austin home. Well, let's get to those fires we've been tracking for you today. The Powder Keg Pine Fire started on Tuesday. It burned 117 acres and is 80% contained. It's near Bastrop Down Highway 71. The Mesquite Field Fire, which started yesterday, has burned 38 acres and is now 90% contained. And this is between Smithville and Flatonia off of Highway 95. And the Wandering Oak Fire, that's near Water Street. And State Highway 29, that's still burning. It's burned at least 22 acres, but it is 95% contained. Yeah, and Nick, you were saying that, of course, this is because of the drought that we've ha been having. It's not gotten any worse since last week, but it certainly hasn't gotten any better. No, and, and in some ways, this was the best news we could have assumed to get here today because without much rain over the last week, there was almost no way it was going to get any better. So mm. this is the latest drought report at exactly matches what we had last week, which means that still extreme drought is fairly widespread. Exceptional drought continues in portions of Gillespie and Blanco counties and even in our eastern counties where we have had some of the fires and the drought there not quite as uh, bad, at least just yet. Uh, certainly we continue to dry out and with no foreseeable rain over the next week, I wouldn't be surprised if next week's drought update does show some worsening. Still widespread triple digits for most of us now and on clouds and radar, uh, mostly clear skies, just a few 
puffy clouds around. Albeit 101 here at 7, 95 at 9, and down to 90 at 11 tonight with a mostly clear sky. Now coming up in first morning weather, unfortunately the heat is going to get worse before it gets better. We'll show you some of the hottest temperatures of the year, the fire danger that continues, and an update on your weekend so you can plan ahead. All right, Nick, thanks. New tonight, Texas A&M University announced the school reached a $1 million settlement with a black journalism professor after attempts to hire her unraveled over pushback over her past work promoting diversity. We've been following the story of Kath Kathleen McElroy, and she oversees the University of Texas's journalism program. A&M hired her to much fanfare back in June when announcing today's settlement, A&M admitted, quote, mistakes were made during the hiring process. Once events surrounding her failed hiring became public, A&M President Katherine Banks resigned. Still to come, the future of an Austin staple in limbo. What could impact how long Peter Pan mini golf will be around? And the airline that will take you to see the Longhorns play the Crimson Tide this year. The steps you need to take to get there. At Thomas J. With the college football season starting in under a month, United Airlines just announced it will add nonstop flights for big game destinations, including the Texas-Alabama game. The airline will not only add more flights, it'll fly larger planes to select cities, and that includes the September 9th game with Texas at Alabama, which will be a nonstop flight from Austin to Birmingham. Now keep in mind that you will still need to figure out a way to get to Tuscaloosa, where the game is going to be played. That's about an hour away from Birmingham. For 75 years, Peter Pan Mini Golf has been a mainstay off the intersection of Barton Springs Road and South Lamar Boulevard. As questions of the business's future emerge, KXAN took a deep dive into its past and storied Austin history. Brothers Glenn, Jack, and Clifford Dismukes first opened the business in 1948, and in the 1950s, the business leaned into the Peter Pan theme that remains its staple today. Now, family took over the business in 2019. They have plans to continue operating the business even after its current lease is slated to end in April 2024. Over on KXAN.com, Kelsey Thompson has more on the history and the dealings that could put those future business plans on pause. Senate.com, just weeks from now, Texas's new law that would impact drag performers goes into effect. How another new lawsuit seeks to make sure their shows go on. Well, we just got the numbers in. The high today, officially in Austin, 104. That's three degrees below the record and the coolest day for at least a week. We'll show you the building heat for the weekend and beyond in first morning weather. One simple way to teach. A lawsuit filed today is the third meant to stop a Texas law from taking effect next month. It would criminalize performers and fine business owners if a minor sees something deemed as sexually oriented performance. And there are concerns that that would apply to drag. And KXAN's Will Dupree has been reading through this lawsuit. So tell us more about who's suing state and local leaders. Well, Jen and Mike, there are five plaintiffs in this lawsuit, and they are challenging Senate Bill 12. They include an Austin-based drag performer, as well as a local company that puts on drag performances. The performer's name is Bridget Bandit, and you may recognize her testimony against SB 12 at a committee hearing earlier this year. Video of that went viral. She and the other plaintiffs argue this law is unconstitutional, specifically violating their rights protected by the First and Fourteenth Amendments. They also claim the law puts their safety, artwork, and ability to earn a living at risk. 
The ACLU of Texas is part of this legal pushback, and one of the organization's attorneys told us the way the law is written could open up legal consequences for more than just drag performers. But it's also so incredibly broad and vague that it targets entire genres of performing arts that could be considered sexual by someone in any way. So it could impact Broadway musicals, it could impact karaoke nights at restaurants, uh, it could really impact any kinds of performance or visual uh, presentation. That law is set to go into effect on September 1st, and right now it's unclear when a court hearing might happen. The group who filed the lawsuit today is suing the interim Texas Attorney General along with the Travis County Attorney. Delia Garza released a statement to us today writing, quote, We appreciate the ACLU's efforts to bring some clarity to a law that has constitutional concerns and will be difficult to enforce. She continued, quote, I continue to hope that in the name of true public safety, our state leaders will one day focus on actual public safety threats like gun violence instead of legislation like SB 12, which will have little to no effect on the day-to-day -day operations of a community and its public safety needs. This afternoon, the bill's author, Republican Senator Brian Hughes, shared his reaction to the news of that lawsuit. He wrote in a statement to us, quote, surely we can agree that children should be protected from sexually explicit performances. Senate Bill 12 provides that protection, and I am confident that this common sense law will be upheld. Jennifer. All right, Will, thanks so much. Digging a little deeper now, the ACLU of Texas is involved in another lawsuit against the state. This is against Senate Bill 14, a law that would ban young people from receiving certain health care options. According to SB 14, transgender minors would no longer be able to receive puberty blocking medication, hormone therapies, or surgeries to assist in their transition. Texas doctors who provide this type of care could also lose their medical licenses, and this would also go into effect on September 1st. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. All right, good early evening to you. A similar story for us today, although uh, slightly cooler than yesterday. That high of 104 was a degree cooler than we were Wednesday. This is how it looks from our Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buda. Let's celebrate the small victories. A degree cooler. How about that? Because the heat's going to start building back again here tomorrow and into the weekend and beyond. Not much in the way of even clouds across the state. You have to head to the panhandle for some thicker clouds there or way to the west of us. We're not going to get many clouds here. We're at 102 in Austin now after reaching that high of 104. Still much of the state under triple digit heat. High pressure just to the north of us. It'll actually slide a little closer to us as we head into the weekend. Uh, and that may tap into a bit more of a warming wind from the south, allowing temperatures to go, say, two, three degrees warmer for Friday and both days of the weekend. Then this high is going to wiggle to the west just slightly, planting itself in, say, southwestern New Mexico, southeastern Arizona, that general area. Now, while it moves farther away, it actually gets stronger. So the result here is almost no change. Temperatures are going to stay around 107 for several days, even as it starts to drift farther south and east during the week next week. Temperatures are probably going to stay right around where they are, 107 or so. They may even get to 108 by next Thursday. What about tonight? 
Still triple digits for many of us at 8, 9 o'clock, and then after that, it's 90s turning to 80s, and only a brief time do we drop into the 70s as we begin your Friday morning, but still, while it lasts, it feels pretty good. Low 80s already by 8.30, 9 o'clock, we're knocking on the door of the mid-80s, and then by the middle of the day, we're well into the 90s, if not near 100 by noon, and then heading for a high of about 106 tomorrow. That would be two degrees hotter than today. So tonight, 79, mostly clear skies, but a few scattered low clouds could join us for tomorrow morning as we start your day, and then those lift away in a hurry, heading for that high of 106 tomorrow. What about your weekend? Both days, we think, break the record high for the day, 107 Saturday, 106 on Sunday. Beyond the weekend, we settle around 107 for several days in a row, and then 108 on Thursday. That would tie the hottest temperatures of the year so far in Austin. At least the humidity drops during each and every afternoon. The dew point drops, the air dries out a little bit. That makes it a little more comfortable, just a little muggy, sure. But it does mean that our wildfire danger goes up each and every afternoon as that air dries out. So it feels more comfortable, but the fire danger is higher. Looking at that seven day forecast, we're forecasting four record highs between 106 and 108 every single day. A lot of sunshine and the nights generally in the upper 70s. The extended outlook, the 8 to 14 day temperature outlook, hotter than normal, but at least we're near normal for rain. All right, Nick, thank you. Training camp day two for the Longhorns and we'll find out what Coach Sark says is standing in the way of a big season. And there's no 6 p.m. news on KXAN tonight, and that's because the NFL is back. You can watch a preseason game with New York Jets and Cleveland Browns. Then stay with us for KXAN news at 10 o'clock. My name is El. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Hi, good evening to you. Back to work uh, for the Longhorns through their second practice of training camp another afternoon affair and then they'll go in the evening tomorrow a lot has been made of well Steve Sarkeesian's confidence with this Texas team says they are as deep as they've ever been and it is position wide he said they can win in any manner of ways shootouts low scoring game special teams defense so what stands in the way of this Texas team and the big turnaround the biggest thing that's standing in the way is one, we haven't done it yet, right? And so we have to go earn it. You have to go do it. And, and then you have to do it with a level of consistency. And I think that that's something when we really evaluated last season and as we were getting ready for this training camp, one of the, one of the key messages to the team is going to be about there's a level of consistency that's needed to be a champion. And the way you work day in and day out, the way you perform week in and week out, um, that, that's, that's critical to success. What stands in the way is, is us. Pretty simple. All right, Max Scherzer making his Rangers debut this afternoon. Rocky first inning gives up three runs on a lot of bloops and bleeders and walks, and then he settles down, and Scherzer, well, he can count on some offense for sure. Mitch Garver, that's 457 feet. That's the longest home run at Globe Life this season to tie it up. And then Marcus Semyon, unties it in that same inning and well from there Scherzer retires 13 of the final 14 batters he would face in all Scherzer goes six innings nine strikeouts and the Texas Rangers on their way to victory for the moment they're up by a game over the Astros who play at Yankee Stadium coming up in about an hour
back after this.